Welcome to Mom's Life Made Simple, the podcast for moms who want to go from chaos to calm, from overwhelmed to organized, and to find balance between family responsibilities and personal growth. I'm your host, Chanel Nielsen. Let's make mom life simple. Hey, you guys, welcome to Mom's Life Made Simple. I'm here today with my friend, Rachel Nielsen. Rachel, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Oh, me too. I am happy anytime that we get to talk and uh, spend time together. So you guys are in for a treat today. This is Rachel Nielsen. She does three and 30 uh, takeaways for mom. Her podcast is amazing, has had like a gazillion downloads. I'm pretty sure if you checked on her stats, that's what it would say, a gazillion. <laughs> and for good reason, because it's very just actionable. It's the things moms want to know about. You can listen in 30 minutes, know what your marching orders are and what you need to go and do. And Rachel just has a way of breaking down information that makes it really useful and helpful. And you will see that today as we talk. Rachel is a mom of two and she lives in Idaho and uh, we are lucky to have her. So anything I missed in your bio? No, I, I did want to add. So it's called three and 30 takeaways for moms because you get three takeaways in 30 minutes. So like you said, Chanel, I really try to make it actionable because I know moms don't have a lot of time and they don't have a lot of brain space to remember <laughs> what they hear on podcasts. So I try to give you the three bullets. So you know what to, to take into your life if you want to, after listening. Yes. And I think it's so powerful because I think our brains work that way. Like we can't always recall everything, you know, that mm -hmm. we heard. And then, but if you say, oh, well, there were three things, what were those three things you can kind of bring that back and you can remember, and that allows you to go and do. So I love it. Yes. Well, yeah. thank you. Yeah. That's yeah. definitely the way my brain works. So I had to, my podcast came to be actually, because I was listening to so many podcasts and I thought they were so great, but I couldn't remember what I had learned. And I'm like, I just need a podcast that has like three bullet points, you know? And then I'm like, I should create that. So I created what I needed basically. Perfect. And we're glad yeah. you did. We're glad you did. So <laughs> I love it. Well, I think that's awesome. I um, think that, you know, like you said, we're all listening to so many things, but when we're listening to podcasts, a lot of times we're multitasking, we're folding mm -hmm. the laundry, we're doing the dishes, we're driving the car. And I think that's great to get all this information in. But we need that framework in our mind of, you know, just yeah. the framework. And so I do, I think a lot of podcasters do try to give the framework, but I love how yours is just so set. These are the mm -hmm. three, this is what you're going to get. So yeah, it's awesome. Well, we are going to dive in. And what I ask all my guests is the same question. How do you make mom life simple? So I thought a lot about this question before coming on today. And instead of focusing on like systems in my home, which honestly, I'm not that great at anyway, but that's what I was originally brainstorming. I thought kind of an overarching principle for me of how I have made mom life more simple is that I shut down mom guilt. And I have found that by eliminating unnecessary mom guilt in my life, my life does feel simpler less, less chaotic, less emotional in a lot of ways. It's just more straightforward because I have a compassionate inner voice that just says, Nope, we're not going there. You know, when I start to spiral into that guilty mom feeling, which still happens on occasion, 
I went, I've gone to years of counseling for this because this is not actually natural for me. I'm actually a, naturally a people pleaser, have a, had a very negative self voice before I started going to counseling, but now have gotten to the point where it's almost easy for me to notice the thought and think not helpful, not, not going there and can just kind of shut it down. Oh man, this is a skill I think so many of us need. And I love that you pointed out that it's not natural to you because I think for a lot of people, it's not. So talk to me a little bit about how the how, Mm -hmm. like, okay, that sounds really great. We would all love that. Like if we could just check off a box, you know, we could pick out what qualities we want. Okay. Let's get rid of the mom guilt. I'll check that when I don't want that. But when it comes to practical, how do we do it? What are your thoughts there? Yeah. I mean, exactly. It's like, we we've all heard this. We all know we don't, but it's how do you change how you feel? You're like, I don't want to feel mom guilt, but I still feel it. So what can I do with it? You know? And I learned a lot of really concrete strategies in therapy that have helped me over the years. Um, you know, some people may be familiar with cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, I did what's called dialectical behavior therapy, which in a lot of ways, there's a lot of overlap, but one of the principles that they taught me in therapy was the sort of the terminology that my counselor used was big picture thinking versus filtered thinking. And she said that so often as mom, well, as humans, we can see one moment or one situation for our day, for my day. And that becomes the filter that we see everything else through. And so we're like, I yelled at my kids, therefore I'm a crappy mom. When really it's like, zoom out a little bit, big picture, like look at the rest of the day. You read to your kids, you fed them healthy meals, you snuggled with them, you talked to them after school, whatever it might be, and collect all the evidence that refutes your filtered thought so that you can see a bigger picture. Mm -hmm. And when I first started going to counseling, that was a very deliberate process. Like she actually had me write out like my, my filtered thought, my negative thought, and then all of the evidence that refuted it, that showed a bigger picture. And now I don't have to do that anymore. It's just more instinctive where I will think like, oh, my kids have watched so much TV today. I am the worst. And then I zoom out a little bit and I think, well, we spent all weekend with their cousins and they, they barely watched any TV. They played all weekend hard. And now I have to get caught up on some stuff that I didn't get to do this weekend because we were with cousins and we're all okay. It's okay for them to watch a lot of TV today. It's okay for me to lean into work today because this day is not indicative of our whole life. So getting to sort of that zoom out, look at the evidence, look at the bigger picture of your story rather than focusing on those individual instances that you might feel guilty about. Yeah. Okay. I love that. I, something that I share a lot is at night and this comes up for me, but it comes up for a lot of the women I work with also that at night, as you go to bed and you're kind of pondering your day and you know, how did today go? And you're decompressing those things. Like I yelled at my kids. I let my kids watch too much TV. It seems like those thoughts are at the forefront of our mind. And, Mm. you know, that's what comes up. That's what we remember. Unless, like you said, we actively work to bring in all those other things. We actively work to get to that big picture. We can get really just myopic in our thinking and Mm. it gets really narrowed down. Okay. That one bad thing. And a lot of times it's because it has a negative emotion attached to it. It's heavier. And so it's like, oh, that's the thing that's coming to my brain because I attached this mom guilt to it. Yeah, for sure. And I think this goes 
really well hand in hand with, I know, you know, I have a journal for moms called flex of gold, where I teach moms to focus on one golden moment that they had with their kids each day. Um, so that at the end of the day, when they're looking back, they're looking for something good instead of focusing on something negative. And they're developing that gratitude practice of maybe a lot of really hard things happened today, but there was that one moment that is actually a better indicator of the type of mother that I am or the relationship that I have with my kids, the love that I have for them and writing that down and focusing on that rather than letting this negative narrative, you know, sort of rain. And in some ways, I think it'd be really useful for moms to think about finding a fleck of gold about themselves or in themselves Mm -hmm. or their mothering every day and think, okay, maybe there was a lot of things that weren't ideal today, but like, what is one thing that I did really well today, or that really showed my kids that I loved them and using that as the filter, you know, through which you see your story. Yeah. I love the way that you teach that with journaling of, you know, getting really specific and just reliving the moment and writing it down and focusing on that positive moment. And that what that does, yes, with memories, with your kids, it helps you remember those. It helps, you know, but it helps reinforce Mm -hmm. what you're doing right. So that tomorrow when you do that thing, right, you recognize it. Because you just, it's like this ongoing process. And the same thing that you said, another thing that I recommend is writing down your wins for the day. And when I first started this process, I'm like, dang, what was my win? You know, it was really a stretch to come up with one or two or three wins. And now sometimes I just write like, because there are so many, there are so many wins. And so often we don't give ourselves credit. Oh, it only counts if I did this big thing, but really there are a zillion little wins in mm-hmm. your day. And if you train your mind to see those, if you train your mind to see the good, you'll see the good more often. And that will help with, with this technique. You mentioned this big pictured thinking when you yeah. start to get filtered and you're just noticing the bad you have trained your mind. And I, I hear mm-hmm. that that's what you're saying that you have done over time. So I love that. Yeah. yeah. And this is reminding me of a concept I heard from Dr. Julie Hanks. Um, she talks about making a to-do list instead of a to-do list. I love that concept of at the end of the day, like you're saying, Chanel, write down your wins. It's like, ta-da, like, look at all these things I did right. Instead of always focusing on the things that you didn't get done on your to-do list or Mm -hmm. that you did wrong. And it just starts to, it really does change the narrative inside your head, the way you think about yourself, because I don't even recognize myself from 11 years ago when my son was born, it was in his first year of life that I realized just how toxic my inner voice was because I found myself as a stay-at-home mom with a colicky baby. I'd had a career that I really loved. I was a high school English teacher. And all of a sudden I was home with the baby and myself. And I had to confront a lot of stuff about myself that like patterns of thinking and it all just came up for me in that first year of his life. And so I kind of mark now on his birthdays. I think like, oh, he's almost 11. That means I started my therapy journey. I started my, you know, positive thinking journey that many years ago. And wow, I'm different than I used to be. And the way that I think is different. And I think that's really hopeful for if there's a mom that's like, I can never escape this, these negative thoughts that I have. It's just part of me. You can, if you start thinking this way. Yes, it's absolutely hopeful. And, you know, so often we think, 
okay, however I am now, that's how I'm going to be. This is me. This is how I am. I'm stuck. I'm a negative thinker. That's just who I am. When in reality, maybe Rachel 11 years ago was a negative thinker, but now you're not, and you're constantly Mm -hmm. changing and you don't have to be locked in to those things. So, oh, I love this, this first one. You said you had a couple techniques, so I want to make sure we yeah, go on to those. Mm-hmm. I think another thing that I have been thinking a lot, a lot with mom guilt is our kids internalize. Well, they can sense, um, our guilt or our, um, insecurity about a decision we've made. Um, you know, I've noticed that I've tried to stop saying I'm sorry to my kids for things that aren't actually mistakes. I am mm. all about saying I'm sorry to my kids when I've actually done something that is not aligned with my values that actually deserves to feel a little nudge of guilt that deserves an apology. But as far as like, I'm not going to say I'm sorry to my kids anymore when I can't meet their every need and whim, you know, so I'm trying to save those I'm sorry's and be for when they actually should be there and be more confident in my decisions for myself and my family. So for example, I typically am happy to do kind of a long bedtime with my kids. Um, I only have two, so it's not that big of a deal. I know moms who have five kids, you do have five or six. I have five, five. Like if you gave that much time to each kid at bedtime, it would be five hours, you know, (laughs) but like for my kids, I'll lay with both of them. I'll read a little, I'll chat with them. But then when I can't do that, I started to feel bad about it and feel guilty about it. And I'd say like, I'm so sorry, but I can't tonight and blah, blah, blah. And I realized that they were then internalizing that like, oh, there's a mom should be sorry for this. Like, you know, so then they'd kind of guilt me and be like, don't you want to do this? Or, and then I'd feel worse about my decision. And so the other night, my husband and I went out to dinner really quick, just nearby. Cause my son is old enough now that he can stay with my daughter awesome. and they watched a movie and we came home and I tucked them both in and they were like, aren't we going to read? Aren't we going to do the whole thing? And I said, no, we're not. Cause daddy and I aren't done with our date yet that I'm going to spend time with dad tonight. And I love you. And just tucked him in and kissed him, gave him a big hug. And that was that versus like, I'm so sorry, but I can't. And then leaving the room thinking like, oh, are they going to feel abandoned by me tonight? Or, you know, it's just like this. And they're like, okay, because they could sense my own confidence in my choice and in meeting the needs of myself and of my partner. And I think we can really apply that widely. Like when I have to work on my business, I'm not going to apologize to them for that because they actually have a really wonderful life, you know? (laughs) And so I'm just going to say, I have to go work for a few hours and you guys get to entertain yourselves and bye. Like, (laughs) see, I'm going to my office. It's so nice. My kids are at that age now that I can do that. But I think before I would feel a lot of guilt the whole time I was working, like I should be with them. And then they would sense that. So then they would feed on it and kind of make me feel guilty by the things they were saying, you know, no one can make you feel anything, but you know what I mean? Um, and so now I've just tried to be a lot more confident and remind myself, like I said, they do have a really wonderful life and even kind of listing off in my mind, all of the like great things that I provide for them as their mom, that they like, I don't need to feel guilty about spending a few hours on my work or doing whatever it is that I want and need to do that day. Yeah. I love that thought so much because about kids sensing our guilt, we almost are handing them 
I don't want to say a weapon, but that's the word that's coming to mind. We're handing them this weapon to increase our guilt. Yeah. Like here, I feel guilt. I feel guilt and take a little bit. And then they're like, yeah, you do feel guilt. Mom. Yeah, you should you know? feel guilt. <laughs> yeah. I want, I would, I want you to be with me meeting my every need every second. Now exactly. That you mention it, you know? exactly. Even if, even if that's not their intention, right. No, but yeah. yeah, that's just, we're handing it to them and they find themselves with this sword in hand, willing to use it, you know? Yeah. And so, because of course they want what they want in the moment and that's okay. They can want yeah. that. Oh, and, yeah. and we get to teach them, no, oh, we, you know, you are able to be by yourself, to play by yourself. Um, what I find myself doing sometimes is feeling guilt for stuff that, well, it's because it's, I want to be guiding my children and like, I don't want them to watch TV without me. Like I have a son who stayed home from school today and I could totally beat myself up that I'm here doing this call while he's down there watching TV. This is my five-year-old, but you know what? It's okay. I scheduled it when he was at school for a reason and he's home and he is perfectly happy. He's not complaining that he's down there watching TV, right? (laughs) It's all good. I'm getting what I need. He gets what he needs and I don't need to add this extra layer, but I do, I do have to say it's a struggle. Like it's something I have to constantly work towards and remind myself of that. Like, no, you don't need to sit here and feel bad for what you're doing and it's okay. Yeah. And again, the bigger picture, your son doesn't watch hours of TV unsupervised every single day. This is a rare occasion, right? This is what needs to happen. And it's fine. You know, even, even a longer season. So when I was pregnant with my daughter, I was so sick. She's my second. And Noah was a very energetic two-year-old that was hard to manage while I was that sick. And he watched so much TV because I couldn't take care of him, you know? And so he'd watch hours of TV. I remember he would, he'd have his little iPad. He'd lay in the bed with me and watch it. And I'd snuggle him. That was the best I could do. And that was a season, you know? And when I was in it, it felt horrible. It felt so, I felt so guilty. I'm like, you know, I'm ruining my child. And because days upon days upon days, but I was doing the best I could. And after I got over that really intense sickness, which took me a lot longer than the first three months, (laughs) but you know, um, he didn't, that wasn't the norm for our life, but it had to be for that season. And I had to forgive myself and do the best that I could in that season. Yeah. You know, it's just reminding me there's so much grace in motherhood, both that our kids give us that God gives us that we are given in motherhood that we don't often you know, we hold ourselves to such this high standard and yet really, you know, we are, we're doing better than we think we are. There is a lot of grace. Sometimes when I'll check in with my kids, like, Oh, I, you know, I'm going to them. Like, I feel like maybe I'm thinking, okay, I haven't done very good lately. And I'll go and I'll ask them like, how have things been? Or how can I be better as a mom? I like to ask my kids that periodically, how can I do better? And often they'll be like, mom, you're, you're so great. You know, Mm -hmm. they, they're seeing the good things. They're not sitting here worrying about these little things that I feel like I need to do a certain way. And there's grace from your kids. You're giving them what they need. And if it's not a perfect, you know, if it's not perfection, that's okay. That's not even what they're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. 
So when you mentioned that, I, I just reached over and grabbed an article that I tore out of a magazine the other day I have on my desk here because it struck me so hard that I was like, no, we cannot do this to ourselves as mothers anymore. Can I read you a little Please, excerpt yeah. of this? So this is from the Siegel Books magazine. It's like a catalog, okay. you know, but at the front, there is a note from the managing director of retail sales. Her name is Susan Condy. And she said, not long ago, one of my younger sisters called to catch up. As we chatted, she mentioned she had just gotten off the phone with our mom, who she discovered had been working on a list of all the ways she could have been better and all the things she could have done better as she had raised us. I was so stunned by the very idea. I was not sure I had heard her correctly. She then briefly paraphrased their conversation, which left me feeling incredibly sad. How could our mother, a very delightful, accomplished and gracious 87 year old woman possibly be having feelings of inadequacy at this late stage in her life? And she goes on to talk about, you know, how hard we are on ourselves. And that just absolutely broke my heart to think that an 87 year old woman who's done the good work of raising her family would look back on her life and focus on the negatives and the guilt and the, I should have, and make a list of it. I was like, no, we cannot. Like we have to change this narrative that we have going in our, in our culture, in, in our individual minds about doing everything perfectly as moms and feeling guilty if we don't, because I want to be a mom who's making a to-da list at 87 years old, not making a, all the ways I fell short. And like this daughter said, my mother was incredible. I was stunned to hear that. You know, it's like you were saying about your, your children being like, mom, you're doing awesome. I mean, that's, this is not apply to situations where there's a legitimate reason for you to be feeling guilt, like where, where there you have abused your child or you, you know, have mistreated them in a significant way. And you recognize that, and you know, you need to change. And that is positive guilt, moving you forward into a better path. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that needless, I want to be perfect and I'm not, you know, chatter, brain chatter that just pulls you down and doesn't elevate you to do better. It just pulls you down. Yeah. I love that, that you read that just, ugh. So that just pierce your heart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because we, without some of the things that you've talked about today, without actively working to not be there, we could so each of us could so easily be there. It's just, it's the culture, it's whatever, it's the voice in our heads that's telling us that all the time. And we get to choose, are we going to listen to that voice? or not. And when yeah. we choose to listen to it, then yeah, then at 87 years old, what's going to be different just because your kids are out of the house. Do you think that, you know, you're suddenly mm. going to think different? No, you have to think different yeah. all along. Yeah. Yes. Right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite, um, Instagram therapists, she also has a podcast, but Dr. Becky, um, she has a really popular parenting podcast, but she just sent out an email this week. And the subject line was, is your guilt really someone else's disappointment? And when I read, I opened it and read it and she defined two different types of guilt. She said, there's the guilt that comes when you are, when you are truly living out of alignment with your values and you want to change. And that's maybe a positive guilt, but then there's the guilt where you're taking on someone else's discomfort or disappointment. And you're feeling guilty that like, my kid wants me to do this thing and I'm not going to, and they're disappointed. And I feel guilty about that. And I just thought of that as a really good distinction of 
of what guilt we should allow ourselves to feel in motherhood. And even that, like I said, I do not think should be a drag you down in the depths of despair guilt. It should be a motivator of, I want to do and be better. And I'm going to be because I am not in alignment with my values versus the guilt that we often heap on ourselves of my kids want to do this, or they want me 24 seven or they, whatever it might be. And I can't provide everything. So I'm terrible. You know, that's not a productive guilt at all. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, to me, the, the verbiage that's different is mom guilt. When I hear mom guilt, I know that it means the second one. It doesn't yes, mean the true guilt because I, you know, did a hit and run accident or something that I should yes. feel guilty for. It's yes. the, the nonsense guilt, the guilt yes. that if we dug a little deeper, we would see we can let go of. Yeah. I love that. The nonsense guilt. That's what we're going to start yeah. calling mom guilt. <laughs> yes. That's what it should be called. <laughs> so, well, Rachel, this has been so good. I have loved spending time with you. Um, first tell people where they can find you and where they can get more of all the good stuff that you teach. Yeah. So my podcast is three and 30 takeaways for moms. And, um, you can find that on any podcast app or on my website, which is three and 30 podcast.com. And if people are interested in that journal that I mentioned, that flex of gold journal to start focusing more on the good, um, that is also there on my website, three and 30 podcast.com slash flex of gold. And Chanel actually has a 10% off code. That's right. Um, yeah. We just barely got that set up before <laughs> this call. So it's going to be MLMS and you'll get 10% off of that journal. So I would love, love for moms to start using that tool that's actually a gratitude practice that I started in that year when I was so discouraged that first year of motherhood, I started trying to write down one golden thing each day and it changed my life. So I'm grateful that I now have this journal that I can let other women experience this as well. I love it. I've talked to a lot of people who have used that journal and it has made a big difference for them too. So I think mm -hmm. that's awesome that that is out in the world. Um, I'll put a link to that if you guys are interested and want to use that coupon code. Um, also, as we mm -hmm. conclude, my last question for you is just any final thoughts or things that you want to leave people with on how everything we've talked about today, how does it make your mom life simple? Yeah, I think at the heart of everything we've talked about is that we need to simplify our definition of what a good mother is. Mm for ourselves. Um, because the reason why we have that guilt is we aren't living up to whatever, sometimes even subconscious definition of good motherhood we have created. That's, that's milling around in our mind. And so I would sit down with a piece of paper and, and make it simple. What is a good mother, you know, and write it out for me, a good mother is I'm actively loving and teaching and delighting in my children. Like that's a good mother. That doesn't mean yeah. I'm doing it every single day, necessarily every single moment. You know, I don't have to be perfect, but am, do I love them? Am I teaching them? Am I delighting in them? I'm a good mom, you know, yes. and, and give yourself that credit. So make that definition of good motherhood simple, and then come back to it and focus on it in your daily life. When you're feeling stressed, when things are feeling chaotic, asking yourself, am I doing these things? Then the rest I can let go. And then your mom life will hopefully be simpler. Yes, that is so powerful, you guys. Absolutely take the time to do that, to define a good mother is 
And, Mm -hmm. and to just, once you know that you can let go of so many things. I know we need to go, but I just want to finish with this because that was so good. I, um, you know, how often do you go to bed and there are dishes in the sink and you're beating yourself up? Like, Oh man, I, I stunk at life today because there are dishes in the sink. No, you can pull out your definition. A good mom is and it says mm-hmm. nothing about dishes. So guess what? Your house could be a wreck and you were still a good mom today. Yeah. And that's the best feeling. So yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for being here. Thanks everyone for listening. And we will see you next week on Mom's Life Made Simple. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Mom's Life Made Simple. Need some help making your mom life simple? I offer group coaching programs using my four-step method called the Mom's Method. This is a process of manifestation, organization, mobilization, and simplification that will give you the balance, progress, and joy you're looking for. Visit ChanelNielsen.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Chanel Nielsen Coaching. I love to hear from you. Reach out with your questions, your feedback, and let me know how I can help make your mom life simple.